0: Welcome to episode 142 of the Daniel Yoris podcast, how to look like you lift. Let's go. Do you even lift, bro? It's a question that has both fueled and plagued lifters for, well, I guess since whoever asked that question first, which I don't know when that was, but it's fueled people because it's like, do you even lift? You don't even look like you do anything, or maybe you actually don't do anything. Maybe you should. And it's plagued people because, you know, there's a saying that the first day you step in the gym is the last day that you like the way your body looks. And that's a a joke on body dysmorphia, which is not really a joke, but it's kind of this thing where you become more acutely aware of how your body looks and how your body performs. And therefore you pay more attention to it. And it's never good enough, right? You set out, you want to just, you know, want to lift the you want to bench a hundred pounds and then you get there and it's like, oh, well now I want to bench 150 pounds and you bench 150 pounds and well, I want to bench 225 and it just never ends. So do you even lift, bro? I think it's a very powerful thing. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today because there are a lot of people, maybe you are one of them who go to the gym, you put in a lot of effort, you you work out consistently, you're in and out maybe of the gym, you, you, know, you try and you do things and you look at yourself and you think, I don't really look like I lift. I don't look like one of the people who I see who's like, oh, that guy, that girl, they obviously lift like they're in great shape. Now we need to define this a little bit. Looking like you lift doesn't mean looking like a supermodel or not supermodels don't look like they lift, but (laughs) looking like a fitness cover model or like a bodybuilder, like that is another level. I'm talking about regularly? Do people see you? And when they say, when you tell them that you go to the gym, they're not like surprised, right? It's the look of big, strong shoulders, a nice, strong, upright back, um, you know, big traps, a small waist, those kind of things that are like, yeah, this person looks like they exercise. Again, not a fitness competitor, not a model, but do you look like you lift? And this is pretty much, I think, where most people are really striving to get to. Most people don't want to be a bodybuilder, don't want to be uh, you know, a fitness model, a cover model, all that stuff. I don't want to be that. Um, but you want to look like you lift. You want to look like you're in good shape. You want to feel good, all that stuff, but you want to look like you lift. So how do you actually get that? Now, while while the framing of this episode is about trying to look like you lift, the way to get that is by building muscle. Muscle is the thing that Gives shape to your body, and the best example that I can think of to explain this is, you know, Halloween just passed. It's early November. Have you ever seen a, a skeleton and think like, oh, that's that looks sexy? No, I, I mean, hey, it's it's twenty twenty three, so uh, you know do your do your thing, but you know, you, you, haven't. And because the skeleton has no shape, right? It's just bones. And if it was a real person, you know, just skin on top of the bones, it looks fine. Like they may or may not be healthy. Who knows? Probably not, but they're just, they're just skinny, no shape to them. And so that person, while they're thin, they don't look like they lift, right? So you don't, it, there's a very distinct look and everyone kind of, and everyone kind of knows this, um, when, when you see it now, this is, not only about being sufficiently lean, like I said, this is more about building muscle because if you're just a bag of bones, you don't look like you lift either. The other extreme of this is think of like, and this will be mostly men, but like, you know, like football players or former you know, wrestlers or like strength athletes, or again, it's going to be mostly wrestlers, but it can also be guys who work heavy, uh, physical labor jobs that they are not lean by any standards, right? Like they've got a little bit of a belly and and whatever, but they still look like they lift. And the reason is because they've got so much muscle underneath that they've built up all this muscle over time. And like, it kind of pops through, quote unquote, their, their, their fat mass. And while that's not ideal either, those people still look like they lift. Now that might not be the thing that you're chasing, but the reason why you can tell that those people look like they lift is because they have muscle. They might be less healthy based on the amount of body fat that they're carrying than someone who is super thin. And again, I need to be very careful about this because being super thin is also not healthy, but that person who's super thin and, you know, bag of bones or skeleton friend, they don't look like they lift. Meanwhile, the bigger person might look like they lift because they've got sufficient muscle. So that's kind of, I just wanted to define that because that's what we're going after here. Muscle is the answer. And so while this episode, again, is framed on how to look like you lift, really, in essence, it's just about how to build muscle. So another thing that this is, I started this episode about what this knot's about. What is this knot about? And it's kind of weird. I probably shouldn't do that. But anyways, it's me thinking out loud. And whatever. (laughs) it's not really about proportions and, uh, and, and making them, you know, making certain things pop out. Like you'll, you'll see some guys who talk about like, you know, the shoulder to waist ratio or the, you know, waist to hip ratio and these kind of things. And, you know, do these exercises to make your shoulders wider. And that makes you look like such and such figure. And like, while there's, there's merit to that. Um, you've got to have an overall look of like you lift. Like you can't just, you know, spam lateral raises and then all of a sudden look like you lift. You're probably just going to hurt your shoulder and uh, and still not actually look like you lift. So, you know, I hope that uh, I've, I've convinced you what uh, what this is going to be about and now um, we can actually get into it. So everything's going to come down to training and nutrition. We'll talk about those two things separately. And and I might add, and, and I'll put a little self plug in here before I kind of get into a little bit more looking if you've been working out and things aren't going fine like but not you're not getting the results that you want that is one of the most valuable places to hire a coach or buy a workout program or whatever, myself, someone else, whoever. But that's one of the most valuable places because it's a lot easier to go from like zero to one. It's a lot harder to go from one to two, right? Going from zero to one, getting off the couch to working out, you could do group classes, anything. And I'm always, you guys know that I'm a big proponent of that. Like all exercise is good exercise, but not all exercise gets equal results. And that's where the the gap is. So Everyone knows that they should be exercising. Everyone knows that they should be eating healthy, and to like you know ninety five percent accuracy, you know what that means and what that doesn't mean. But how to do those things in such a way that gets the results that you're looking for to make your efforts to give you the best return on your efforts rather that's the missing piece, and that's the the bigger value of a coach rather than going from zero to one. Zero to one is just base level knowledge, and base level knowledge is freely and widely available online. How to take that knowledge and then apply it to your specific situation is not something that you can find on Google or search anywhere. You just have to figure that out on your own or hire someone who can examine your situation and direct you in the in the right direction to again make the most of your effort. So self-plug there, um, com slash coaching or just DM me or you know, whatever. Um or email me daniel at com and we'll get that going. Without further ado, let's get into it. So training has to be strength training. There's no real other way to put this resistance training, strength training. If you just do Zumba group fitness classes, like this is your first problem. That's not lifting. Therefore you are not going to look like you lift. Sorry, but also not sorry. Yes. Those things are fun and healthy and you know, all that stuff doesn't build muscle and you know, I don't make the rules. So don't get mad at me for that. If I made the rules, I'd make it a lot easier than doing that, but you know, such as such as the world we live in, not even the world, just such as uh, life. I don't know. So, lifting by yourself in the gym doesn't have to be by yourself. I mean, you you could go with friends or training partners, whatever. But you know, you got to be lifting weights. So, with that, intensity is the most important thing. If you're just going through the motions, do you're, you're, I do go to the gym and lift? I don't. I don't do the group classes. I go to the gym and and, and I and I lift weights and I do a thing on my own. Okay, you're not lifting with a lot of intensity. This is by far the most the, the thing that I see most in the gym that like people are just not working that hard. And you think you're working hard and making grunty faces and are making scrunchy faces and grunting noises and huffing and puffing like that doesn't mean working hard. When I see you doing 10 reps on a dumbbell row and you know your 10th rep, you're just ripping it up like that dumbbell's about to fly in, in the air like That is not intensity. Getting yourself out of breath is not intensity. It's probably more cardio than anything. This is the number one thing that I see. Counting to 10 reps doesn't mean anything. The program that you're following, assuming you're even following a program, but the program that you're following calls for a certain number of reps and sets. Your body, this is something I've iterated so much on the podcast and I will continue to do because I I know that doesn't get through and it's harder to, uh, to really dig into your brain. Number of reps does not mean shit. If you just stop at 10, your body doesn't know what 10 reps means and all of a sudden, you know, oh, Jimmy did 10 bicep uh, bicep curls that's grows biceps. Does not work that way. Your body understands intensity. Your muscles are sensory organs, so they need to get enough sensation in order to do the thing that you want them to do, which is to grow. So, the number is a guideline and what it means is you should be reaching close to failure within that number of reps. That's how the program is written. If you can, if it says 10 reps, if you could do 13 reps, then you've got to go up and wait. That's why sets, or that's why reps rather are almost always written in ranges, right? You'll see six to eight, eight to 10, 10 to 12, 12 to 15, these kind of things. It's because as a coach, I don't actually care whether you get eight or nine or 10 reps. And it's impossible to predict with like 100% accuracy, whether 50 pounds on that day on that lift is going to get you right to 10 reps. But I can, you can gauge whether that weight is going to get you somewhere in the range of eight to 10 reps. That's a lot better accuracy. We can predict that with a lot better accuracy than the exact number. Now, I know that you also don't, won't be able to get 12 reps with that weight or 15 reps with that weight. And if you could, then that means you got to go heavier. So this is what we mean by intensity. You need to be lifting close to failure, not at failure, not hurt yourself. It's not about being super intense and being a, you know, a hard old bodybuilder, but you're not going to, you're not going to become a bodybuilder by doing this. I promise you that will not happen. If it could, you know, you'd see a lot more people that are like big, huge monsters walking around. Um, it's not the way it goes. So you need to be lifting close to failure without hurting yourself, right? Within one to two reps shy of failure, maybe not on every set, but certainly on your last set of a given exercise, right? You can think of if you've got three sets of an exercise, the first two sets are sort of warm up sets. And so maybe you hit that 10th rep, but you could have probably squeezed it a few more, but that last set, that's the one where you've got to push it. If you know that it's been too easy, the first two sets, then you up the weight for your last set, or you, you. Because the fatigue that 's built up over the first two sets, you know that you're only going to be able to squeeze out about ten, no more than eleven or twelve on your on your last set right and just because you hit the number doesn 't mean you stop, so you have to lift with more intensity, and then everything else falls into place after this. The next thing that is most important here and and again, all of these kind of things cascade into one another. People do way too many exercises in the gym. doing more stuff is not better doing better. Is better remember intensity is the number one thing, so your body doesn't know what incline bench machine bench you know dumbbell bench cable bench does it your body doesn't know what those things are, it only knows what stimulus has been applied to it, and then it can respond accordingly, whether that be grow or increase strength or whatever, not whatever, basically those two things. <laughs> So intensity is the thing that dictates everything. Your body doesn't know that you've done a bunch of exercise and therefore, oh, well, you know, again, Jimmy did 12 chest exercises today, must grow his chest. You could do 12, you could do hundred chest exercises in a day and, you know, operate at a three out of 10 level of intensity. Ain't shit going to happen to your chest. Again, I don't make the rules. If I did, I would make it that way because it's way easier, but it's not the way it goes. The reason that you can't do so many exercises is dictated off of the intensity. There is absolutely no way that you can train with any relevant level of intensity on your 12th exercise of the day. If you've been training with intensity, the rest of the workout, you would have no gas left in the tank, right? Even if you're juiced up to the gills and taking all kinds of stuff, like still (laughs) doesn't work that way. And if you can, lift with a relevant level of intensity by your 12th exercise of the day it's because you weren't lifting heavy enough before again everything is dictated excuse me everything is dictated off of the intensity so you can't have that many lifts because you're just not doing any productive work you're just spinning your tires in the gym and you don't you don't want to do that again remember frame this off of return on your level of effort in the gym you're in there you're spending the time you're spending money on a gym membership you're spending money on a program you're spending your effort in there sweating and getting it in there every time the gas, like all the stuff and you're not getting where you want to get. So maybe there's a different way to do things. Um, on the number of exercises you should be doing, there's no hard and fast answer to this, but I will say this the for the most, for most people, unless your program is written by, uh, a coach or someone who like really knows what they're doing. And the program is like diligently, diligently planned out for a specific reason. I would say in general, your workouts shouldn't have more than four to six exercises, right? There's no reason to be doing, let's go with the chess example. Cause I just started with that, you know, incline dumbbell press, flat dumbbell press dips, cable press, um, Barbell bench press, uh, the incline chest machine, the decline chest machine, uh, dumbbell flies, incline or incline cable flies, decline cable flies, and then finish off with max push ups. Like this, these are, and it, it sounds silly to me when I say that out loud, but it's like I, I've seen people do these kind of workouts. I've seen people send me these kind of workouts, and it's like, but this is impossible. Like if I tried to do this with a in level of intensity that mattered, by the end of the thing, I I wouldn't be able to do any pushups. I wouldn't be able to get any reps of anything and my chest would be destroyed for more than a week. And I'd probably also get injured. Like there's just nothing good is going to come from that. Your body doesn't know the differences between these exercises. It knows the differences between the forces that are applied on it. And a lot of that is just redundant. So you got to remove the redundancies and just apply more effort to it. This is part of why a, a theory that I've been not theory, just like a thought that I've been having lately is that training is actually, we all get bogged down a little bit more on nutrition and like even online and stuff on Instagram, whatever. Like I get more questions about nutrition than I get with, than I get on training, which is interesting to me because nutrition is like way simpler than training is a lot of people think they know how to train because like, yeah, I can move my body and I see what, you know, I see what a bench press looks like. I see what a squat looks like and I can go and do that. And, and they kind of do it, but like not really. And they don't have any, And it's by no fault of your own the same way. I don't know shit about your job, right? You have no context to understand like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be feeling? If I'm doing it wrong, how do I fix it? If I'm, you know, doing it, uh, if I see it, can I even replicate it? Am I even doing the right thing? Am I getting the intended effect? Am I using what muscle am I using? All these things, right? You're not, you, you, you don't know that. And it's not your fault. But with nutrition, but we think what we think we do. And then people get no results and then they're confused. But with nutrition we think that it's so complex because it seems a little bit more foreign. Like we all know how to eat um, and we all think that that's the bigger driver and it, and it probably is. But with nutrition, the difficult part is implementing the things that we know. With training, the difficult part is actually knowing the things. Implementing training is, is pretty easy. It's it's actually just knowing what you should be doing and how you should be doing it versus nutrition is like, you are you probably know, again, with a high degree of accuracy what you should be doing. It's just about doing it. So I think there's... um there's a mismatch there and I, and I'm not and I'm not exactly sure why I have some thoughts that I just you know as I just said and I think the training is not really intuitive although it appears to be and it can be um uh, but at first it's it's really not so this is again this is why it's so valuable to just like you know follow a program that's written by someone who knows what they're doing higher trainer to get these things so your efforts are are rewarded um anyways do less exercises in the gym so that you can actually lift with uh, an appropriate level of intensity. And and one more note on this on, on programs that do have more than like, you know, the four to six exercises, it, there's nothing wrong with it. Like I write programs that will have a few more exercises than that all, all the time, except all of those exercises are not like max intensity exercises because they're not necessary. they're more like things that are supporting accessory movements, Um, something positional for that specific person based on maybe an injury or an issue that they're having. And, and they're sort of like rehab exercise type things, if you will. And so they get included, but they're like, they're very fast. Uh, They don't take, they don't require a lot of energy or it's an exercise that is, not taken away from the thing. So it's a chest workout. Maybe there's a, there's a core exercise in there. Like that exercise is not taken away from their chest. It's just like that fits into the whole weekly schedule of that person's training and their programming periodization and all that stuff. So there are reasons to obviously include more, but again, unless you really know like what you're doing and why you're doing it, it's probably not a good, uh, it's probably not a good idea to, to go above that, that four to six number of exercises. Last kind of big training consideration here is the rest periods. And remember, all of these things flow into each other, right? So we've been lifting intensely. We didn't do too many exercises. And now we make sure that we rest sufficiently between sets. Again, if you are lifting hard, you cannot just rest for 25 seconds and then go into the next set and lift hard again, and then rest 25 seconds and then lift hard again. Like you just wouldn't be able to do it because it's not actually lifting hard. You'd be, you'd just be fried and exhausted like very quickly. And then again, you're getting no relevant intensity in the workout and therefore you don't look like you lift. So in general, you should be resting. I would say at least 90 seconds between sets and this can go upwards, you know, maybe closer to like two minutes, three minutes even. And this can even be a little bit higher on bigger lifts, right? This is also relevant or not relevant. It's also, um, relative is the word to To the the exercise that you're doing, right? You, you probably don't need as much rest between sets of bicep curls as you do between sets of squats, for example, right? Squats are just using a whole lot more muscle, a whole lot more of your body versus a bicep curl, which both exercises are good for what they're good for and neither is better than the other. They're just different things. So, you know, make your rest appropriate, but make sure that you're resting enough. There's a time and a place to have like shorter rest periods. Sometimes you're trying to do, you know, sorts of drop sets, or if your real main focus is endurance, in which case a lot of this stuff is still relevant, but not exactly specifically relevant. Um, and there are ways you can organize sets so that you're not resting in between, but the 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 point of it is to like squeeze out more of those sets. And like a good example of this is like a anyone who anyone who works out in like a if you work out at home or like in a condo gym or something like that with like pretty limited equipment, sometimes you have to mess with some of these variables because you just don't have enough weight to use like if the max weight you have is like thirty pounds and like thirty pounds is like pretty easy for you well like you're you're gonna end up doing you know sets of like fifty and and or maybe even more. And so one way to do that is you can do multiple exercises back to back or or multiple different sets or variations of the same exercise back to back with little to no rest in between just so you can get to that level of fatigue that you need to faster. And 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 so but that's not the case for for most people, so I don't want to spend too much time on that. There's a, there's a time and a place for shorter rest periods for sure, but like it has to be specific to that goal or that situation. Um Now the first rebuttal to this uh that like 90 seconds, two minutes between rest. Like, what do I even do? First of all, you just rest, walk laps around the gym, you know, whatever, just look at the count as tiles in the ceiling. I don't know, do, do, do anything, just rest, just chill. And, and then the second thing is like, well, that takes too much time. You know, I'm used to getting in and getting out and, and, and I, you know, I don't rest between my sets so that I can get in and get out quickly. And my workouts are, you know, I only have an hour to work out. I don't have three hours to work out. Well, I did the math for you so let's go through that so five exercises right four to six we're doing five exercises three sets per exercise which is a pretty standard way to go about things right most people do something like this that's 15 sets five times three is 15 i had to pre-do this math and make it very simple so that my you know dumb trainer math brain only counting to eight can uh can figure this out five sets three exercises per set that's 15 total sets If you're doing 15 sets and you rest for two minutes, again, make the math easier. You're doing 15 sets, two minutes rest. That's 30 minutes of time, right? That's not wrong. And that's actually overinflated because you rest between set one and set two. You rest between set two and set three. And then set three or after set three, you're resting, but you're also switching over to the next next exercise. So it's not just that time. But anyways, we're being generous here. 15 sets, two minutes rest between sets, 30 minutes. Okay. Okay if you have 1 minute of doing the actual set so doing the actual exercise or doing the actual set rather takes 1 minute which it doesn't but again we're over overdoing it here that's another 15 minutes so 15 plus 30 45 minutes total that gives you an additional 15 minutes for your warm up any cool down switching between exercises you know putting plates on wiping down a bench adjusting a piece of equipment which we've already kind of allotted time for in the two minute extra rest, that's an hour and we've overestimated time. So it doesn't take time and you're actually maximizing the amount of time. Now you might say, well, most of the time spent at the gym is not lifting. And yes, you're you're right. That is actually 100% true. Most of the time you're working out, you're actually doing nothing. You're just waiting (laughs) until you're ready to go for the next set. And that's because doing more is not better. Doing better is better. Resting enough time allows you to push hard for each set. And that's what builds muscle, and uh, that's how you look like you lift. If you do all these things, lift with intensity, don't do a million exercises, and you rest between sets, you're going to be well on your way. Now, that's not everything that needs to happen, and, and there's a few other uh, small little training considerations I just want to mention and not really go too much detail in. Uh, seemingly obvious, but like worth mentioning because you never know. Uh, don't skip body parts, namely your legs and your back especially your back. You can, you can hide your legs to a degree if you really don't want to. I think it's a horrible idea. And, and, you know, what as soon as you wear shorts, everything's like, what the fuck like this? You don't look like you lift. But, um, I had this, uh, one client, he was a hilarious guy. I'll never forget him. Um, it was a couple of years ago when I was downtown and he, uh, he hated doing legs. I had to like, coax him into doing legs. We could only do legs if we did like sets of curls and stuff in between it. And he would say like, oh, finally we're doing something useful. Hilarious guy. Anyways, um, I remember I, I remember at one point I said like, it, like we got it. We gotta, we can't skip legs like we we've done, you know, whatever, whatever the next or whatever the previous workouts were like, we can't we can't be skipping legs. Like, what are you going to do in the summer when you wear shorts? Like, that's why you never that's why you'd never want to do legs because you're always wearing pants. And he just said, fuck it. I'll wear Gucci snow pants in the summer. <laughs> I just, I started laughing so hard, and uh, I, uh, I, I may have let him skip legs that day just because that made me laugh hard enough. But. Uh, whatever the greater point here is don't skip body parts especially your back your back is what's going to give you more of the more of the shape right people think about like their shoulders with trying to make them like look wide and have big shoulders for men and, and for women right but you still want to have that, that that kind of v shape a lot of it actually comes from your back and your lats rather than just popping out the little side delt muscle like the little the side delts are so small that like sure they'll pop out and be rounded and you know whatever but um that, that that's not making the biggest impact. Like your back is actually going to make a bigger impact and it's going to pull your shoulders back to make you stand up taller and look a little bit wider and look a little bit more sturdy, which is going to make you look like you lift. Um, another thing is that you got to be patient with this, right? Even if you've been going for some time, and you've been doing all these things, you got to be patient. This building muscle is slow. It takes time. So like, just because you started lifting last week or last month or two months ago, like you probably don't look like you lift. And the answer for you even if you're doing everything right, maybe it just hasn't (laughs) been enough time. And so take that into consideration as well, right? This takes time, it's slow, I get that. uh, And just, you know, continue to be patient, track your lifts, take regular progress photos and take measurements to make sure that you're moving along nicely. And if you're never seeing any improvements or never seeing any changes, then, you know, it's probably a good sign that something you're doing isn't working, right? You're not broken, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not, it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm, my my metabolism, my genetics, my, no, it's not most people blame their genetics for weird stuff. And it's like, especially with lifting, it's like, Oh, I, I tapped out my genetics. Like, no, you didn't like, Oh, my genetics make me have a, a small chest. Like, no, it's because you're bench pressing 15 pounds. That's why you have a small chest. It's not because of your genetics. It's because you're just, you haven't given it enough time and you're not doing the right stuff. Like very, very, very few people have tapped out their genetics and, and need to blame that or, or whatever. So It matters. It just matters a lot less than you think when it comes to this stuff. And the last thing is um, don't get injured, right? That seems very obvious, but um, if you get injured by doing dumb stuff, not lifting properly, not taking care of yourself, not paying attention to your form, even though you're lifting intensely, lifting intensely doesn't mean to lift like a baboon. It means to like do things right, but do them well, but do them intensely, uh, if you get injured, then you can't do shit and you're definitely going to you know, lose your gains or stall your gains and not look like you lift. So avoid injuries at all costs by being intelligent. Now, let's talk about uh, nutrition side of things. So let me get a sip of water quickly for those listening audio only. To really uh, look like you lift, you have to be sufficiently lean. Obviously, right? You don't have to be dick skin, dick skin shredded, but you got to be sufficiently lean, right? Like I'm not super lean. I'm not. I don't think I'm boasting by saying this, but like I look like I lift. People are not surprised when I say, "Oh, I, I'm a trainer," or I, you know, go to the gym. You know, it's whatever. You don't have to be super shredded, but you got to be lean enough to be able to reveal the muscle that's underneath you, right? Like those big guys that we mentioned earlier. They used to be. Uh, for the most part, they used to be like former athletes, not used to be former, they are former athletes or, or current athletes even, um, or, or guys who work pretty heavy physical labor jobs. And therefore like they build up a, an abnormally large amount of muscle to kind of poke through quote unquote their, their level of fat just because it's possible. doesn't mean it's a good goal. I don't think that that's something that you should chase and would be actually a lot harder to do than, um, than not doing it. So the first consideration for nutrition to make it look like you lift, lose body fat if that's what you currently need to do. If you're like above 30%, above 20%, if you're like above 30%, let's say this on a blanket statement. If you're like above 25% ish body fat as a as a male, then you, you you probably need to be losing body fat before you can really complain about like looking like you lift. For a woman, probably about over 30% ish, uh, maybe a little bit higher than that, maybe 32, 33% ish. Um, things are just a little bit different, but you need to you need to be sufficiently lean. Your training shouldn't change. There's no such thing as like bulking or cutting workouts in the gym. You lift to build muscle. A side effect of building, a side effect of lifting and working out, is burning calories, and that contributes to fat loss. But like doing high reps and low weights, or whatever else you've heard, hit this, that, the other thing, like. That doesn't make you lose fat versus uh, another form of lifting, right? Your body doesn't know what those things are. It just knows what's been applied to it. And building muscle and burning fat are two separate processes, right? You can't turn muscle into fat. You can't turn fat into muscle. It doesn't, though they're not (laughs) transferable things, they're just two separate things. So in the gym, your goal is always and forever to build and maintain strength and muscle always, no matter what. This will never, ever change. You can't also just get lean enough to look like you lift. Remember our skeleton example, right? They put in a tremendous amount of effort. They lose 30, 50, 75, 100 pounds, and then they're done. And, and like, they don't look that amazing because they just have no muscle, right? This is one of the things with like major weight loss and some of the weight loss drugs that like one of the big criticisms of the, the, the weight loss drugs is like that they Make people lose muscle, and I don't think that that's a fair again I'm not a doctor, so but I don't think that that's a fair criticism of the drug that The reason that that happens is because these people lose say they lose like a hundred pounds and they take the drug, and what the drug does is it makes you makes you eat less, and that's how it works it's not magic it makes you eat less if you eat less, you lose weight because you're in a calorie deficit, magic. Now, these people also are not always advised to change their dietary habits. They just end up eating less because that's how the drug works. They're not advised to change their dietary habits. They're not advised to exercise. And so when you're losing weight at a calorie deficit, your body's going to lose some muscle as well. And this is normal. Now, to minimize that while you're losing weight, you have to eat a high protein diet and strength train, you know, shocker, two magic things. And if you do that, then you'll minimize the amount of muscle lost. So it's not because of the drugs, it's because they're losing a lot of weight and not strength training and eating high protein. But this could happen with or without the drugs. So it's not just that. It's just, you know, it's on my mind. Um, So yes, you need to get leaner. But the point of getting leaner is to reveal the muscle underneath. If you have no muscle underneath, you have nothing to reveal and end up looking like a bag of bones if you lose too much weight. So you want to get leaner, but you also want to be building and maintaining as much muscle at the same time. And like I just mentioned, you do that by thing number two, eating more protein. Protein is the main resource that you need to build muscle. Without protein, you lift all you want, do all the things that I said, follow the perfect program, all that stuff. Without protein, nothing's happening. Again, I don't make the rules. This you're probably sick of hearing this. If you follow, if you follow me for any amount of time, listen to the podcast, Instagram, whatever, and like you know, follow some of my friends and and friends who are trainers and whatnot or other people. You're probably so sick of hearing this. The reason we say this all the time is because not getting enough protein is something that we see with clients and people who interact with us and stuff all the time. And because increasing it works, none of us get paid to tell you to eat more protein. It doesn't make me feel good to tell you to eat more protein. I don't get a kickback from big protein, quote-unquote, to tell you to eat more protein. I just, we say this, I say this, we all say this, because it works. We don't make the rules, and if we did, we'd make the rules such that eating candy builds muscle instead of steak and chicken and protein. But that's not how it works. So, sorry, but also, too bad you should be aiming for one gram of protein per pound of body weight weight. If you we a hundred pounds aim for a hundred grams of protein per day. If you fall a little bit short of this, it's okay, but you aim higher to give yourself that buffer, right? People will get in the weeds and the research and the research shows, you know, 0. 0.7 grams or 0. 0.8 grams per pound of body weight, or oh, it actually should be measured in kilos and up to this, it, that, that, yes, that's all true. I know all that stuff at all. Yes, it's good the most practical way to do this, aim for a gram of protein per pound. If you fall a little bit short of that, you're still within the realm and that's good. If you aim for the bare minimum and then you miss that, well, now you're too low and now you've actually, you're not getting the thing done that you want to, but if you aim for one gram and you end up at 0.9, you're good. So aim for one gram per pound protein, aim for one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And even, and especially. If your main goal right now is is fat loss, right? The more muscle you have, the easier it is to lose fat. And at least the more muscle you are, or the more protein you're eating, the more likely you are going to be able to keep more muscle. That way, when you are sufficiently lean, you'll reveal your beautiful body and look like you lift. Last consideration um, for nutrition is... Contrary, not contrary, just this is not for someone who is in a period of time where they need to be getting leaner. This is someone who's like, you know, sufficiently lean already. You probably need to eat more. If you're already lean enough, you're struggling to build muscle and you're eating enough protein as well, there's a good chance that you're just not eating enough, right? can't eat like a little bunny rabbit and expect to look like a lion to make a real cheesy analogy there. If you're already lean, the thing you need to do is build muscle. You can't build muscle without enough resources, right? Protein is the main resources. Protein is the main resource that your muscle needs to be able to grow. But it also needs carbs and fat, or calories rather, from carbs and fats to fuel it. I think a good analogy for this is to think of this like a, kind of like a construction site, right? We're building muscle, we're building a a house or whatever you're building. Protein is kind of like your, your raw material, it's the wood, right? Carbs and fats are like the workers that are going to need to do something with that wood to make it into a house. Right. And we can get into the weeds. We're not going to get into the weeds. You probably like carbs are a little bit more important for building muscle than, than fats are like you need both obviously just to like survive. You don't need carbs to survive. You need your fats to survive. Carbs are definitely helpful and useful and all that stuff. It's really hard to build muscle without carbs like on a keto or a real low carb diet or something like that. Not advisable for that reason. But again, that's like a whole separate other thing. You need carbs and fats and just, you know, that's, that's the end of that. Um, but the carbs and fats are like the workers to do something with the raw materials. If you're at a job site and all the raw material has been delivered, there's a truckload of wood that needs to be unloaded and done something with and you have one worker there, right? Very little carbs and fats. You have one worker there. It's probably going to take forever and likely not even going to get done, right? That worker's probably just going to say fuck this, quit and go home and not come back. Therefore, you have a lot of raw material, have a lot of protein, but you don't have anyone to do anything with it. So the challenge so then the other side of it is <clears throat> is if you have a let me back that up for one second. The challenge here is the balancing act because the other side of that is you get a truckload of wood, but now you have 97 workers there. Well, what's going to happen? It's going to get done very quickly. They're going to finish the job right in an hour. And then they're just standing around doing nothing. And that's kind of like how you gain fat, right? These workers are just taking up space, wasting money, like because you're paying them for their time and you know, all that stuff. you still got to pay those guys a full day of work to sit there and do nothing. This is like gaining fat. And so you have to find that balance of like, well, I need to get, enough raw material there, enough protein, one gram per pound, and I need to feed that sufficient, but not too much workers, carbs and fats, so that those things can be balanced to build muscle, but not necessarily add more fat. This is what happens in like a, in a dirty bulk. If you've ever heard of that, I did one a couple of years ago. Now don't advise it, but whatever um, what happens is you just eat as much as possible, right? So you're maxing out your protein intake, but you're also maxing out like as much food as you can. And, and the result of that is you gain muscle like faster, I guess you maximize the amount of muscle that you can gain, but you also have no regard for, for fat gain. And so that's, that's the trade-off that you're making when you do that. And that's why I think it's not advisable for like 99% of people, but you're making that trade-off to maximize fat gain, but you're gonna you're gonna have no regard for, or maximize muscle gain rather, with no regard for gaining fat. Uh, you don't want to do that. So you want to minimize fat gain while building muscle, and this is where you kind of have to you know work on the balancing act of like how much you should be eating. But if you're not eating enough protein, and you're just not, and or, or if you are eating enough protein, you're hitting around one gram of protein per pound that you weigh and you're not gaining muscle then you're probably not eating enough and <laughs> i've said this to many of my friends over the years like dude i eat so much i don't know why i use that voice that's not how they talk i use I, I eat so much and this is not just my friends this is like many many people i eat so much trust me i just can't gain any weight like i you don't eat that much okay no i eat so much i'm i'm always stuffed all right show me what you eat and it's like uh you know half a chipotle bowl like dude not even trying, like you, you have to eat more. If you, if you think that something is not happening, it's the same with the calorie deficit, right? Trust me, I really don't eat that much, but I'm super heavy. Like I'm obese. i trust me. I really don't eat that much. It's like, I don't trust that at all because if that were, if you really didn't eat that much, you wouldn't be 300 pounds. Like, this is just, this is not even being mean. This is just the, the reality. You might, you might think that you don't eat that much, or you might on the other side think that you do eat a lot. But the reality is it's, it's either if you're trying to lose weight, you're eating too much. And if you're trying to gain weight, you're eating too little. So your real, your perception of reality doesn't matter. What's actually reality is what actually matters. So with all that said, start looking like you lift, build muscle. You need to eat a sufficient amount. And if you're at a point where you're lean enough, you probably need to increase the amount of food that you're eating. Last couple little considerations on some sort of lifestyle things. You need to get your sleep in order. And I know that we've hammered sleep on this podcast in a while and there's full episodes about it. We're not going to go into all the details on it, but if you're not sleeping enough, you are not building muscle at a sufficient rate. You got to get your seven, seven and a half to nine hours every night. Keep it consistent as best you can. Like even if, if two people are in an equal calorie deficit and one person is like slightly sleep deprived, the person who is sleep deprived is going to lose more muscle. That's not good. You don't want to do that. So yes. Yes. Calories are always king for fat loss, right? Those two people will lose the same amount of weight on the scale, but one of them is losing more muscle, and therefore, they're not getting as lean, which is not what you want, right? You don't actually care about scale weight. You care about your body composition, which is how much body fat is on your body, and you want to be losing as much body fat as possible when you're in a weight loss phase, not losing as much weight as possible, and those are two different things. So, calories are king for weight loss, but to emphasize fat loss, uh, you need to get your sleep in order so that you can... Keep or build muscle um, as much as possible while while you're losing fat. So, to recap this episode and, and sort of uh, close us out here, looking like you lift is about building muscle. Looking like you lift is not about being a bodybuilder. It's not about being a fitness cover model. You don't need to be some you know crazy influencer, gym shark, athlete. You know all these things. You just need to look like you lift sufficiently lean and build muscle, but it's more about building muscle than it is about getting lean because you can get super lean and still not look like you lift. The hard training considerations is to train hard. Don't do a million exercises and take good solid rest periods between your sets. Hire someone or buy a program to, to do this, to structure this out correctly for you. If you don't know how to do it, you want to just maximize your efforts i can't I've said this a few times, but like it, it it honestly blows my mind how much effort some people put into something and they're not willing to like just put in a little bit more to actually get the thing that you want like if you're putting a, a you know sixty percent effort into something and getting zero return like it's a waste of sixty percent effort if you just put a seventy percent effort into it and you could get like a hundred percent return. Then, wouldn't you just do that? Like it seems, it seems so obvious. And maybe it's not that that black and white. And yes, I know it costs money. And I, I get it. But like your time is not is is valuable. So if you're going to spend the time and the effort in the gym, you might as well get the most out of it. And so this is where you know hiring a coach, buying a program, all these things like it just really makes your effort worth it. And I think that that is more than enough reason to do it. And if you have greater reasons than like just trying to look like you lift the thing to consider when you're thinking about investing is like, can you afford not to do this? If you need to lose 50, 75 pounds, even if it's like only 10 pounds and you're miserable about it and whatever, like, yeah, it might cost, you know, a little bit of money. It might cost a lot of money who knows, depends what you end up, what you end up doing. Can you afford not to do this? Like there are consequences to not taking actions just the same as there are consequences to taking action. So just a thing to consider. Um, but then on the nutrition side of things what we talked about make sure you're sufficiently lean to so lose body fat if that's what you need to do eat lots of protein so you keep muscle or build muscle once you're lean enough and then don't eat like a rabbit and expect to build muscle if you're lean enough you got to eat enough so that you can uh build some muscle and reveal it and uh, and actually look like you sleep look like you lift rather um I skipped a thought ahead in my thoughts and the last thing is don't skimp on sleep muscle is the key it's not just about being skinny So the quicker we can all realize that, the quicker we're going to solve a lot of problems. Building muscle is the single most important thing you can be doing. Okay, that's, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared to make that claim. I was gonna say building muscle is the single most important thing you can be doing for your overall health. I think that that is a, a little bit of a stretch. I'm not prepared to defend that fully, but it's it's up there. It is one of the most important things you can be doing to protect your health, and if pure aesthetics, making you look like you lift. So do it. Build muscle. Do it right. Train hard. Have fun. Share this podcast with your friend who obviously doesn't look like the, <laughs> doesn't look like they lift. A little bit of friendly competition. Um, you know, like subscribe, share the podcast, all that good stuff, rate and review, please. If you, if you've been enjoying the podcast, um, and you've listened to a bunch of episodes and and you like it, drop a five-star review on Spotify or or iTunes or wherever else you listen to probably those two places only. Um, it really goes a long way in just helping this show grow, subscribe on YouTube, all that good stuff. Follow me on Instagram, send me a message anytime. If you have any questions about anything, always do my best to answer. That's it. Go outside, be a good person. We'll see you soon.